Hello to everyone listening. This is the second episode of the BAME Advocates podcast here at ARU. Um, we want to give a shout out to our friend Bruno, who was involved in creating these podcasts. And um, so my name is Demi. I'm one of the BAME Advocates at ARU, and I'm on the Chelmsford campus. Um, and we have, you know, various advocates with us today. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Aisha. I'm also part of the BAME Advocates. I work on the diversification team. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I also work on a diversification team. I'm Elif and I am a medical student and I'm on the events team. Okay, great. So um, today we have a really interesting topic. We're talking about social media in racial activism. So I just want to start by asking, does everyone use social media here and what forms of social media do you guys use? Um, yeah, I do. I use the most common ones, Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp, but I'm mainly active in Snapchat. I recently just got off Instagram for a bit just to take a break, but I'm active on Snapchat. Same. Um, I use Instagram, Snapchat and recently TikTok as well. Um, those are platforms that I use quite a lot uh, because like most of my friends are on it and it's just easy to talk to people on there and they're really fun. Um, yeah, I'm practically on the main ones anyway. I use Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, um, and Twitter. But I'm kind of I'm kind of quiet. I mean, I'm on it every day, but I mainly use it to like maybe just that's my form of news in a way. Yeah. Without watching the news, I just sort of check it to like see what's going on in the world, even though everything you see now is just COVID, 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 COVID. But um, minus that, yeah. But I'm not really one to like post anything I sort of just some like I don't know if you could say a little fly on the wall just sort of read things and then just repost or retweet and that's it also YouTube I forgot to add YouTube I'm always on YouTube as well because I watch a lot of videos yeah likewise yeah okay so there's like quite a wide variety but I think most of us are on you know the main ones so out of interest, has anyone seen, you know, any forms of racial activism over the last few months on social media? Yeah, I have. Um, I think like since the pandemic started in particular, there have been, so besides the pa- pandemic, there's also been loads of other events that have happened, such as like the storming of the, um, the White House, Black Lives Matter protests, Muslims in concentration camps in China. There's like a lot of things going on. And so I've seen recently, like many accounts have been created to raise awareness for these. Um, And not only that, but people on their own accounts are shedding light on these matters to help educate people about what's going on and to raise awareness. And that's something that I've definitely seen uh, very recently, because before this, personally, I didn't see much about um, see much activism going on. But um, but now all these things are happening. Um, it's great to see people are actually using their platforms and create creating new platforms um, across all social medias to raise awareness about these events that are going on. Um, yeah, no, literally, I agree with what LF was saying. Literally everything you said, I've been seeing as well. Um, I've noticed uh, with celebrities as well using their platforms really to like because uh, they have like this big voice compared to everyone else, huge platforms. I think it was Rihanna recently, I think, with what's going on with India. Yeah, she's, like, used her voice and stuff. And same with, like, the Black Lives Matter protests in the summer with George Floyd and just 
storming like parliament and everything in London was crazy and just seeing that over social media I mean it's I'm glad to see that people have brought this to attention and even with like I think it was was it Blackout Tuesday yeah Blackout. yeah and things like that so that's what I've seen yeah yeah what about you Aisha I was just going to add, like, I've also seen it with brands as well. They're trying to be more active when it comes to raising awareness, which I think is really, really good. So after, like, the death of George Floyd, they were trying to, you know, be more inclusive, which I think is really good. And it kind of shows that, I mean, even though to an extent it's they only waited for something major to happen for them to respond, but still, it's still like, you know, it's a good thing that they're responding. Yeah, definitely. I've I've definitely noticed social media becoming more political over the last few months um definitely since the death of George Floyd but even before that like in terms of brexit in terms of like not even specifically due to um to do with racism social media over the past few years has become very kind of the place where people express their personal views on like you know difficult subjects which is quite interesting because it's kind of moved from being a place where people post about their lives or about their holidays to some to somewhere where people express their own views and um I, I think it's so interesting with what you guys said about brands as well because I know that now it's almost become trendy to post about racism and and things like that so if brands don't post they do get backlash and they have people like certain celebrities they get backlash you know they'll they'll have people calling on them like saying why didn't you why didn't you talk about this why didn't you talk about that like I know for example like Kim Kardashian and I think some other celebrities get criticism criticism for not talking about certain like racial issues because they're like oh you know why aren't you talking about this you talk about other things so I think it's quite interesting how that's shifted yeah and it's also like I think to an extent it's good because celebrities should be raising awareness about things like this. But I think people should stop waiting for them to talk about things. Because I remember, for example, there were like some, with the NSAS protests in Nigeria, people kept waiting for Beyonce to speak about it. And for yeah. me, it was just like, it was just like, why does she have to speak about it? Like, if, if she doesn't speak about it, does it make it less important? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, people... As much as it's a good thing, people should stop putting so much, I don't know, spotlight on the celebrities because when they don't, like, meet those expectations, it's like, wow, like, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, following from that, like, I feel like, as you said, um, Aisha, about how we wait for celebrities to also, like, make a statement about something. Um, I also think, you know, um, that's also quite bad because it sort of ties into, like, ca- cancel culture and, like, if a certain celebrity doesn't mention something, that's it, they're automatically cancelled. And I, I see why some people want to do that, just because they they perhaps they think if you're from a certain race that's being oppressed. So for example, if you're of a Muslim background and you're not speaking about the Muslims in China, for example, then you're cancelled because they're your people, you should speak about it. I see where pe- people come from when they um, expect celebrities to use their, their established platforms to raise awareness. But then if you force celebrities and established people to t- talk about it, um, it's sort of like they're just making empty statements and ingenuine statements that aren't meaningful and they're doing it just to avoid being cancelled. Um, and that's why I think it can also be quite toxic because personally, I'd rather some somebody makes a genuine statement and really wants to help rather than they're doing it just to save their own image, basically. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I remember there was an influencer that... Um, I think 
because it became so trendy, like during the Black Lives Matter movement to, you know, go out and, and post. Like I remember um, seeing uh, some influencers that were cancelled because um, they basically had like a photo shoot outside um, where the protesters were. And then immediately as they stopped filming, she kind of went back and and, and was like, so it was kind of like she wasn't genuinely protesting. She was just there for, you know, to take pictures and be like, oh, I've been here. I've done this. Oh, um, just to explain what cancelled means. Um, so it's sort of when people just go against a certain celebrity or brand just because they don't like fit the fit an agenda or they don't raise awareness about something. Pe- people stop supporting them, um, stop listening to them, basically. Yeah, just to add on what um, Elif just said, I think it's also because most of this, most of the time, these like influencers or celebrities, they try to say like that's what they stand for. So, for example, a lot of celebrities are known for certain things, so like raising awareness about race and inclusivity and diversity. So when they don't do that when they're supposed to, people are sort of saying, "Aren't you? Don't you stand for that? What are you? Why aren't you speaking about it?" You know. So even if it's like we shouldn't wait for people, I think it's also people are like wow, like you have this huge platform and you've yeah. always stood for something like this. So why aren't you speaking about it? But then celebrities, they come and say, well, I'm doing something in behind the scenes or you're not seeing what I'm doing. doesn't mean I'm not doing anything. But it's like your platform is public. You should be telling us and showing us what you do. Yeah. It definitely is a, hard, a difficult balance because on the one hand, um, you have celebrities that, you know, are supported by people of minority backgrounds. Like, you know, we're the ones supporting you or we're the ones, you know, buying all your albums. Like, we're basically, you know, we're we're your fans. And then you kind of, so when it comes around to it, people just want to feel like their role models actually care about them and that their role models are stand for the right things. Um, But it's actually quite interesting because at the same time, like being a celebrity, you know, anyone can become a celebrity. Anyone can become famous. There's no kind of um, prerequisite for it. So I think it's we're kind of expecting all these like beautiful actresses and singers to suddenly become politicians and suddenly like weigh in on political issues. On the one hand, I completely get where people are coming from because it's like if I'm supporting you and I'm from a minority background, then, you know, you should stand for this. And I want to see your support. I don't want you to be silent. And I also want you to use, you know, your your huge platform to help people. Because like, as much as we, as much as we, you know, like say social media can, can be very toxic, it's also very effective. For example, like the NSARS movement um, in Nigeria, which was about um, um, a, a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, a few months ago. Um, you know, the, the social media movement was actually very effective in raising awareness, especially among young people, because, you know, social media is the main is the main platform that we use to get our news or like socialise with our friends. So it's actually very effective to raise awareness. And actually, like during the Black Lives Matter movement, I saw a lot of conversations um, with, you know, for example, um, people that had no idea of any kind of racial activism, people who were completely ignorant all of their lives onto like, let's say what white privilege means or what a microaggression is but because there were so many posts about it because everyone was posting about it so openly it kind of sparked a lot of conversation and it allowed people to have those conversations where they actually you know learn something so I think social media is a really important tool like it would be naive to think that celebrities and um you know individual people posting aren't you know the main way that social media is effective to promote racial activism 
And like, but just to follow on from that, like last summer, 2020, um, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, celebrities like John Boyega, for example, like who were willing to risk their careers and stuff. He was like, you know, he said something along the lines of, along the lines of I don't know if I'll have a job by the end of this right. or something. But, you know, it's good to see people like him actually, you know, actively getting out there, getting involved, raising his voice on issues like, you know, Black Lives Matter. But, yeah. you know, like what Elif was saying earlier, it's no, there's no point just because you're a celebrity feeling forced into doing something. Like, at the end of the day, it may look bad that they don't speak out on certain issues. But like Elif was saying, it's like, you know, if there's no heart and it's not, it's not genuine, then I just feel like, what's the point in you doing it in the first place? But, you know... At the same time, though, it, even if it's not genuine, it's still getting, you know, noticed if they do tweet yeah. about it or if they do if they do mention it, it's still getting out there. So it's like in between two, yeah, it's kind of tricky. I do think it is an inherently good thing, obviously, to speak out about these issues. And that's kind of, I mean, that's a part of our job as well and what we do. Like we speak about out about these issues. And on, on the one on the one hand, it's actually very good to see so many people openly speaking about it because it, it's kind of freeing in a way like you mentioned um Jasmine about John Boyega seeing him was so inspirational in it and it just you know like people all over the country were just like inspired he got some like magazine deals from that and it was just so nice to see you know a young person using their platform and it just it, it allows other people to feel empowered as well because they, once they've seen him speaking out about it, they're like, you know what, well, I can speak out about it or I can go and protest, I can do this, I can do that. Yeah, so it, it can inspire more positive change as well. Okay, let me ask, um, let's consider another side of social media. So what do you think is our personal responsibility in using social media? Do you think... Um, we all have a responsibility to be actively anti-racist and push for equality using social media? I mean, I think generally, yeah, but you don't have to be so... I mean, it would be nice if you're open about it, but, like, some people are on social media, like, privately, so they just go on there to see some stuff that people post, and they're not really active. I think Jasmine was saying she's just, like, behind the scenes. So I think that's for a lot of people. I am kind of the same as well. So, like, I would repost stuff that, like, I think are meaningful, but, like, I'm not really the type to, you know, be very active on social media. So I think it depends. And just because someone doesn't post doesn't mean they're not aware or they don't support what's happening. So I think it just depends on, like, how active you are on social media. I think that plays, like, a huge role. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I'm the type who's just... If I don't have anything to say as such, then I I won't post anything or tweet anything. But like I said, if if I feel like, you know, something's really important and I'm seeing like things and issues that need to be, you know, addressed, then I will tweet about it or I will I will post about it. I will retweet. I'll raise my voice that way. And I'll just because it dies down doesn't mean I will stop doing it. Eventually it's like the odd time I will still do things like this. But um yeah, it's like what I was saying. I think it generally just goes down to like how often you use social media as well. Yeah. Um. So like as Aisha and Jasmine said, like you, you can't really force anybody to 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 use their social media to raise awareness about things just because everyone else is. In it does depend on how they use social media uh, normally. But um, saying that you know if there is something that you are really passionate about, even if you don't use social media a lot you know, it would be good to, to, to share even a post to your story, even if it's not, you know, 
nothing big like even just sharing a post to your story can really help raise awareness like if you can at least reach one extra person then you you could really make a difference but overall it, it does just depend on how the individual uses social media okay so you know we've already talked about the whole like the whole black lives matter hashtag and i remember seeing a lot of posts um especially by black people saying you know my life is not a trend. Are you guys going to still be um, outspoken about this after it, you know, after this summer? And I think that's one of the problems that we face with the social media because there's just so much content. People just um, are exposed to so many different things. Like we, like we've already said, there are so many different issues all around the world. You know, always going on. So how can we ensure that you know racial activism isn't just a trend and that it stays here for the long? for the long term you know is social media really effective in in helping in this way because surely um you know that's the essence of what social media is trends come and go but how can we make sure that we're still participating in racial activism even when the so-called trend ends that's a really good point i think as you said like social media is all about like trends so one thing may be trendy in one moment the next moment it's not i think I've seen a couple of pages that are like strictly for raising awareness about like race and diversity and stuff. So I think it would be nice to have more pages like that on Instagram. So that that would mean that like their page specifically focuses on that. So it's not like, oh, today I'm posting about food, tomorrow about the gym or something like that. So it's like if we have different pages that can post about race, then that's the specific content they're going to be producing and they're going to put more time into producing contents like that. And yeah, I think that's generally the way we can work with that. Because even if we rely on celebrities or influencers and say, oh, like them, let them raise awareness about things like this, they make money through social media. So sometimes they have to put that on pause, even though that sounds really sad, put that on pause and create content about something else because that's how they make their money. So it's like very conflicting, but yeah. Yeah, like in general, trends, you know, trends do come and go. Like for example, you know, all these crazy fads, like I can just think back to the first lockdown, there were so many trends going around that no one does anymore, uh, like certain clothes, certain foods. And I feel like we need to make a distinction between like social media trends, like for example, certain foods, certain clothes, and things like real life things, such as Black Lives Matter and things going on in the world. And I feel like trends only end when people let them. And I feel like even if people stop posting about a certain thing that's going on in the world, it doesn't mean that if you're passionate about it, you have to stop posting as well. Um, if people carry on posting about it and keep on raising awareness, then technically the the trend will never die because you won't let it die. And I I feel like things to, to do with race and inequality in the world shouldn't should be treated like any other trend because this affects people's lives. And keeping on raising awareness about about these sorts of things can really make a difference yeah no I was gonna say I completely agree with Ellen and it's just it's sad really because I noticed and I mean I know we keep talking about Black Lives Matter but that's just a prime example in this in this case like um we're on Twitter like for example with the protests in America they were happening all the time and people didn't stop talking about it they were talking about it 24-7 and then all of a sudden it's just one day it was there and the next day it wasn't and uh, I didn't even realize until I saw a tweet about it so I'm pointing it out they were just like oh you know the algorithm on on Twitter has stopped showing 
all wow. these hashtags and everything related to do with it but they're like don't stop talking about it and I think things like that are sad like how algorithms work and things you know you just think oh you know there's too much of that now time to get rid of that and let's just focus on other stuff and I just think well it's not it's not too much of it is it I just feel like a lot of the time you have to instill things into people or get it through to people's heads that you know it's not just like a temporary thing these things are ongoing issues and I feel like to the point where until you get it then you know then you can stop talking about it or whatnot but like for the time being keep posting keep retweeting keep doing whatever you know yeah don't let algorithms get in the way can I just add something I think because for example I'm just gonna use Instagram because that's the one I don't know I think makes more sense in my example I think because generally Instagram is made for people to just like show what's happening in their life, what they're doing every day. That's why I think it's very difficult for them to keep raising awareness about important things like race and stuff, because for them, it's like, I have to show what I'm doing today, what I'm doing tomorrow, like, like just what you're doing every day, basically. So it's very hard for them to sort of talk about important issues like race every single time. And that's why sometimes it becomes a trend. So it's like one time I'm talking about it, next time I'm not talking about it. But then it's like, can you really blame them when Instagram, for example, is made for them to just showcase what's happening in their life and not really, you know, sort of say what they believe about like race and stuff? Yeah, that, that is quite difficult. I think, you know, almost from what you said, Aisha, it makes me think that, you know, these discussions have happened on social media because people are, you know, sharing their lives or what they're passionate about. Um, but but actually, um, social media is probably not the best place for these conversations. You know, they should be happening in our schools, in our workplaces. These conversations should have lasting impact in the real world, not just on the Internet. But yeah, so I think that's something that can definitely be done to kind of prolong the impact of racial activism. So I just want to um, talk about cancel culture. What do we think of cancel culture? Do we think that there's a better way to deal with people's mistakes? I d- like. I don't know. Like, it, it's really tricky because I feel like recently I've seen pe- people are really quick to cancel anybody really quickly, and um, you know, people are normally cancelled if they are, um, you know, discriminatory, um, homophobic, transphobic, you know, things like that, which is completely understandable. Um, however, um, sometimes people are scared to even say anything on social media because they're scared of being cancelled. And on the one hand, that makes less space for people to be, you know, offensive. But then on the other hand, people aren't going to be able to learn from their mistakes and learn what's right and wrong. So I feel like people shouldn't be too quick to judge and cancel people. And in fact, if you just take time to educate people, especially if it was a genuine mistake that they may have said or done, um, then it can create more positive change. But of course, if somebody is, you know, I guess a repeat offender, then maybe cancer culture can come in handy. Yeah. I think it's also because people place people on a high pedestal. So they think like, oh, this is like my role model. So if someone does something, it may be, like if it's your friend, for example, you would excuse that. But if it's someone on social media, like an influencer you really admire, it's like, wow, why did this person do that? So let me give you an example. Say like your friend made a very racist comment, for example. I don't know why you'd have a friend that would make a racist comment, but say, for example, you have a friend who makes a racist comment, but you may you may give them feedback and be like, you know, what you said was very racist, blah, blah, blah. And they may take correction. But if it's someone 
on social media who, you know, maybe they weren't aware that what they were saying was racist and they said it, then you'd be like, wow, oh my God, we need to cancel this person. And everyone jumps on the bandwagon and they're like, yeah, we need to cancel this person. And I think it's just because of how much we, how high we place people on, on social media. And I think if we just look at people on social media as normal people, then it would, you know, sort of reduce the idea of canceling people. So yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, definitely. I think you're completely right. You know, a lot of the problem with celebrities or influencers is that we kind of think that they're experts in everything or that they have knowledge in everything or that they can speak about politics and religion and different things like that when that's not really their, that might not be their interest, that might not be their area of expertise. And, you know, being a celebrity, um, like I said before, it's not, there's no kind of, job interview that checks oh are you good in all of these areas what what are your beliefs it's kind of something that just happens organically and it's quite difficult because no one is going to police a celebrity for example what if you know if a celebrity is saying really like hurtful you know offensive things um no one can really stop them from their fame they can't really get fired because it's not a traditional job in the sense um, maybe they can lose out on one or two specific contracts, but they're still going to be making money on Instagram. They're still going to be making money on YouTube. And the thing is that even the more inflammatory someone is and the more offensive they are, the more views that they will tend to get. So they can actually get richer um, as a result of their offensive views. And um, it's sad because obviously you have one side where it's like, you know, you have these um, influencers that have a reach of thousands hundreds of thousands of people they have so much power and influence but yet the way that they will handle their fame may not be objectively right to other people so some other people may look at that and be like why is she doing that doesn't she know that she's got all these kids watching her but at the same time um you might say that but what has she done you know that that's just her influence and that's her power and I think cancel culture is kind of the way that people regulate when someone is doing something wrong. And I think it has gone out of hand because it kind of stops. It's at, the, it's at the point now where it's stopping people from expressing themselves at all because there's always going to be someone that disagrees with you or cancels you. Demi was saying it reminds me of like, you know, the whole thing that's happening in football right now as well, the whole kick it out thing with racism. Um you see, like, there's players, for example, being racist to other players. And they sort of, so a lot of the time, just sort of get, like, a slap on the wrist and then that's the end of it. You don't really hear anything else about it. And um, I think there was one incident one time with John Terry and Anton Ferdinand. I could be wrong. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, um, I remember and it was a documentary Anton Ferdinand did and um, he was saying... Um, when he was being interviewed on the matter, he sort of felt like he was the one who was the criminal, for example, when mm -hmm. John Terry was the one who was being racist to him. And, um, you know, he wasn't really cancelled as such. His, they were saying John Terry's interview with the police or whoever it was, FA, I think, head of FA or something, um, they were sort of bantering around with him, even though he was the one at fault. And I just feel like a lot of the time, these are the situations where people should ideally be cancelled or you know reprimanded you get told about your behavior obviously it's wrong in the job you're doing and um I just feel like a lot of the time people like John Terry who sort of got a slap on the wrist for that for his team his players are seeing things like this and obviously a lot of a lot of fans in football I mean it's a 
it's been brought to light that a lot of fans are pretty racist with their comments and stuff as well. And you see these things on social media with like troll accounts, for example, um, when people just set up these anonymous accounts hiding behind the keyboard and just saying all these racist comments and stuff. And I just feel like, you know, if they're seeing their idols do things like this and nothing's being done, then they might think, oh, you know, well, I can get away with that and stuff. And it's not right. But, you know, if, if they're getting away with it, they're probably thinking they can do the same and get away with it as well. Yeah. And I think cancel culture can actually be helpful in a in a way because it makes it clear that actually their behaviour is not okay. Um, like, for example, if you're, you know, a young black boy watching that happening and you're thinking, you know, why is no one standing up for me or, or my rights or what I think? And it's it's quite good in a way that actually it shows that there is a consequence and it shows that, you know, people can't just get away with repeatedly saying, you know, racist, offensive things that hurt a lot of people. And I think it is it, it does show, you know, people of colour um, that actually that they matter, that there are lots of people out there that like are defending them or are fighting for them. And that actually um, this behaviour is not OK and it shouldn't be encouraged. I think the, the only good part of cancel culture is that it shows people, you know, when it's done, you know, in severe cases, like you've just said, like when someone's being racist, when someone's um, hurting someone else, it, it shows that actually that is not good behaviour. Um, like, I, I don't know if any of you guys watch Love Island, <laughs> but there was, um, there's like a mm. recent kind of, discussion over social media um because I think one girl that was on the show um she accused another girl who is um a woman of color a black woman she said that she was bullying her because she um yeah she said that she was bullying her and then the other woman actually said that no actually I I, I I'm not bullying her but actually she she said some very you know racially insensitive things to me and she throughout all the time that I was in the villa she did not learn how to pronounce my name and she called me other things so I think when you have something like that and when young people are watching that and you know for me as you know a black woman who has a hard to pronounce name I completely get where that um, influence is coming from and you know it's not fair to um to to kind of be belittled like that you know someone not even learning how to pronounce your name so when you see that you you are angry and you actually do want there to be a consequence um for for, for that person's actions yeah i was just gonna add like there's only so much cancel culture can do then i think when someone says or oh, someone's done something really offensive they would just if it's youtube they unsubscribe or if it's instagram they'll unfollow but then there's only so much you can do if someone has deliberately done something offensive it's not going to change anything and like Demi says they're even if they're going to lose out on a few deals they're still going to get more and in fact that's going to get them more views and I think even with social media because everything is a trend maybe that offensive thing may trend because a lot of people of color I don't know people who are supporting race and stuff they think that what you said is offensive it's still gonna die down and people are gonna forget about what you did and because social media is all about content 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 you're going to create another content people are going to support it and it's just like some of the things you do that may be offensive like people will react to it but then it would die down eventually and it's just like there's only so much cancel culture can do yeah so um you know we've talked about cancel culture and I think we've talked about both the benefits and the negative aspects of it and um one thing one final thing that I do want to ask you guys is 
do you think that there is a better way of you know policing wrong behavior on social media better than cancel culture no i don't think so i think because social media is just it's free for anyone to be on so you can do whatever you want to do and like i said cancel culture can only do so much so i think we can't really police people in what they do so i don't know people are just allowed to do whatever they want to do and even though that's sad it's just the way it is unfortunately uh yeah following on from aisha um the thing is with social media is the fact that it gives literally everyone a voice everyone's got a voice no matter what your opinion is you can post anything you like and um it just seems at most if it's if it's too offensive then you can get a suspension or and, and that's like that's it but then with a lot of the time a lot of people could just make another account and do the same thing or create a new email address so they don't link and you know their account doesn't get blocked or anything so yeah I mean policing it in terms of just maybe suspending accounts or so I mean, yeah, it's not really a lot you can do with social media as everyone's literally got a voice and a platform to speak on. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually think that it should be the responsibility of the social media platforms themselves to police what is being said to a greater level. Um, There's been quite a lot, you know, recently written about social media and how it promotes, um, you know, racism and how it can be used in a negative way to kind of indoctrinate certain populations and just kind of spread hate. But I think that there's definitely a responsibility with um, the social media platforms themselves to police what's being said. And I think cancel culture shouldn't be necessary. I think that there are better and more effective ways because as as we've said, um, it can only do so much. Okay, so this has been a really interesting conversation. Um, thank you so much um, to our BAME advocates who have talked today um, about the role of social media and racial activism. And please let us know what your thoughts are by getting in touch with us on social media.